Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for another episode of our Coaches Corner series. Now, there are a lot of fun perks in our Speaker Lab programs, but our amazing coaches who guide our students through the ups and downs of building a speaking business are the heart of our mission. Every single day, our coaches dedicate their wealth of experience to helping our students gain the clarity and the confidence that they need to make an impact as a professional speaker. Today, our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, is going to be taking over the show alongside one of our other incredible coaches. And together, they're going to guide you through time-tested strategies and tough topics with the practical advice and wisdom that only comes through decades of experience. So whatever stage of your speaking journey that you're in, I know that you're going to benefit from this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic to them. Enjoy. All right. Hello. Welcome to today's Coach's Corner. My name is Mary Alice Goldsmith. I am the Director of Student Success, and I am super happy to be here with you today, especially with my wonderful, fabulous, and handsome lead coach, Mr. Rick Clemens. How are we doing today? I'm good. I don't know why you're buttering me up, but you know, hey, that's fine. <laughs> I know I have to say a couple of nice things to you to get you right. in a happy mood. So like, you know, can put you in the frame of mind, <laughs> especially when we're talking about leads. Ugh. <laughs> See, even uh, a well, seasoned speaker goes, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those topics, but it's a really yeah. important topic and something that um, we address multiple times a day with our students. And so we wanted to kind of dive into these 10 um, tips, tricks, facts, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> mm-hmm. thoughts, if you will, um, on mining and using your leads. So something here at the Speaker Lab, if you don't know, as students, we, uh, depending on your program that you purchase, you receive a certain amount of leads from us. Um, you also receive the way to prospect and nurture those leads. Um, and so today we wanted to kind of like pull back the curtain and unveil some of the facts behind what that looks like. Um, even shed some light on some terminology to understand as speakers. And so Rick, I know you have worked really hard in your own speaking business, um, mining leads, warming up prospects, turning them into actual leads. And so, um, this is a great topic for us to cover. So talk to me a little bit about, before we get into like the tips and tricks, what are some of the things that like some of the pain points that you hear over and over as a coach when it comes to leads? Well, you know, oh my gosh, these are cold. Well, a lead, yes, is most leads start out cold. Now there are warm leads. So that's number one. Number two, this is hard work. Yep, sure is. There's mm-hmm. nothing easy about getting customers. I mean, I, when I started as a coach and just was working my own coaching practice, 
even today, there's nothing easy. I mean, yes, I've figured out some things that are make it somewhat easier, but you're always prospecting. You're always, you know, trying to reach out. So those two things, in addition, I think sometimes of, oh, somebody, nobody responded, so they're not interested. No, that's not at all. I mean, I want everybody to kind of put their little daily life into this frame and like how many emails a day do you get? How many touches by companies trying to sell you stuff on TV, in email, all these different things. We're all busy. And I Mm -hmm. guess the biggest thing that I think most people miss is this is a long game. This takes numerous touch points. It takes learning how to really have some patience and stuff. So those are the most common things. And we're going to cover those plus many, many others. But um, those are the yeah. ones that crop up every day in our work here. Yeah, I I, I often um, I agree with you on the on the like, look at look at yourself. So um, I often say to students, like, look at your own inbox. How many mm-hmm. of those emails are you absolutely they're gonna go right to the big old trash can and yep. you're not even gonna yep. open them. i just i literally just go of course we're clear you know we're, we're recording this right in the holiday season so it's even 20 times worse this time of year because i will open up my promotions tab on mm-hmm. gmail and every time i turn around there's another 20 emails and and these are places i want to do business with but I mean, come on, Eddie Bauer, I can only buy so much Eddie Bauer stuff in one holiday season. So, you know, but it, it is an interesting thing. And it was interesting because I knew we were doing this. So I literally counted up, counted up last week, how many Eddie Bauer emails that I got last week. Mm. 29 emails just from Monday through Friday last. I didn't count the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's 29 touch points, folks. So think about that. Did Rick buy? Not once. Because mm. I bought when they sent me the 29 two weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, it's an ongoing thing. And I'm not recommending that many touch points on a weekly basis for sure. Right, right. But this is why I said it was put yourself in that frame of mind. Like that was just Eddie Bauer. That doesn't count all these other places that I was getting stuff from. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting yeah, way no, to look through point. the lens. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the difference between a prospect and a lead. I think a lot of times these get used like interchangeably mm-hmm. and they're actually different. So let's talk yeah. about that. I feel like a prospect is a potential. There may not, mm-hmm. e- you may not have even touched them yet. You may have been referred to somebody. Now, it's, if you've been referred to somebody, that's a little bit warmer, but have you had an actual conversation with them? No. I bought a list for my business back when I started speaking for all colleges and universities on the West Coast. Those were 2,200 prospects. Mm. They weren't leads. I didn't know if they wanted me. I didn't know if they had something going on. Yes, I made some assumptions. That's why I joined and, and bought you know from this particular association. I knew they hosted speakers. I knew every college university did, but until I actually have the touch point or a few touch points and somebody says, let's talk, there's the key, let's talk. Tell me Mm. more, send me more information. To me, even sending more information is kind of on the verge of, is it a leader, is it not? But at least there's some movement. But if they say, let's have a conversation, that's at that point for me when I say, okay, we're in, we're in lead territory now Mm -hmm. because now I have the opportunity to really present my solution to their problem, which is something we'll Mm -hmm. talk about a little bit later too. But that's the difference to me. A lead, you're actually working it. 
Like I've had a conversation, maybe I, you know, maybe we're going to have another conversation, but you're starting to move them through something that in our, in our world, um, we have a really great master your speaking pipeline, um, mini training that's in our world in the speaker lab that, um, our master cohort coach, Eric Rehm did that it's the backbone of everything. It is really like have a process. And that's something we're going to talk about too, is like how important that process is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a a prospect is almost like the possibility and like Mm -hmm. a lead is legit. Like you've made a connection. You might be sending them a proposal. There is conversation about the actual event. So, um, clear difference there. Uh, and a prospect Mm -hmm. is going to take like anywhere from 10 to 14, sometimes more touch points. And so that's important to understand. Like when you have a prospect in front of you, there's a lot of work to be done and those are not quick turnovers mm-hmm. unless, as you mentioned, um, it's a referral or an email introduction or a shake of a hand at a networking event, a little bit different there. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, so in understanding this, let's just say you have a hundred leads and a hundred prospects in front of you. Um, what does that look like daily in terms of working those prospects to, with the goal of converting them into leads? One of the things I like to do, and maybe this is my marketing and branding background. I mean, I came out of a huge corporate setting as a marketing VP and stuff. And we always like, okay, if we could get the the prospect, quote, customer to do something, what's the frequency look like? Now, when I say it's a daily practice, it may be daily practice of thinking through, okay, for this week as a speaker, how many people do I want to touch? It may be a daily practice of what's the message I need to work and create. It may be also digging in and finding new leads. Just because you have a leads list doesn't mean, okay, wow, this is going to, you know, I've got 400 or 500 or 600 leads. That database was, I don't know, whatever I said, 1,900, 2,200, somewhere around there. Some people go, that's a lot. Not really. (laughs) Not really. Because you can do 10 or 15 or 20 a week that you're doing outreach to. And in the marketing world, you're probably going to get at best, maybe 1% or 2% of those might do something. Okay. So just Mm -hmm. take that in. What's 1% of 10? It's very little. Mm -hmm. So the daily practice stuff is work it, do it, find it and keep doing that same thing. So for me and my business, it was, we would reach out. I say we, cause I had some support. We would reach out between 10 or 15 a week. Now, some are going to go, that's not enough. Yeah, it is. Because if you do 10 or 15 this week, the next week, the next week, the next week, you're about at 50 between 40 and 50 for the month. But that's only those first touch points. And then you got the system where it's like, okay, two or three weeks down the road, you do the, the follow-up and then another two or three weeks. This is an ongoing thing. And so that's why we say it's a daily practice, daily practice of follow-up, daily practice of searching for new leads, daily practice of looking at like, okay, we're recording this on a Monday. And if I were to really step back and think about all the touch points I had this weekend of people who possibly might could help me, I probably encountered at least seven people on my weekend Mm -hmm. that I could go back to and say, hey, I don't know if you even know this. This is what I do. That's what we mean by daily practice. You are a business owner trying to build a business. So on the daily, you're going to be looking for leads. You're going to be working leads. You're going to be thinking about marketing messages, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we take this so serious that in our um, VIP accelerator program, we actually have in one of uh, live session number two, we go deep dive Mm -hmm. into 
what do, what is the power hour, how to construct yep. the most powerful power hour. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, every day you should be working your business, but you just made yep. some great points there. Like, what do I do in this hour? What What's the most high priority type things? And we could all fire away some emails. You know, that's, yep. that's fine. But that's, that's not going to move the chain down the field. And mm-hmm. so really structuring this hour where you have um, very intense, intentional, um, nurture sequences going out, follow-ups going out, um, and, and hopefully proposals going out, um, is really, really important. But every single day, at least Monday through Friday, everybody needs yep. a break from their business. Um, this is something that should be done. So really important. And this um, is a repeatable, this is a repeatable process that as you start to grow your business, it doesn't necessarily just have to be about getting speaking gigs. Mm-hmm. I'm literally shopping my second book right now. And every day I spend 15 to 30 minutes looking for booking agents, looking at potential publishers, going out on the internet, looking at their Instagrams, looking at anywhere in LinkedIn. I am prospecting in all those steps. That's mm-hmm. what it means. Mm-hmm. And I'm only doing a few a week. I'm literally only, do, I set a goal of like, let's find five book agents each week that I can find to do the reach out to. But that doesn't mean I'm immediately sending the email. Then I'm Mm -hmm. going from there and going, where are they? What's their Instagram look like? What's the books they basically may have just gotten? Maybe they got a deal. I've got a couple of other places that I go to do this research. And then that's not even it. Then I'm starting to reach out and try to touch point them through. Like maybe I comment on their Instagram. Maybe I do something on LinkedIn. Once I feel like I've started to do that, I got a really good idea of what they're doing. Then that's when I'm going to send the inquiry email. And there's a whole process for book agents that you go through. You don't just go, oh, boom, let's go do this. No, someone want a submission through this window or someone want a submission through this site. So you got to do your research. And I think this is where a lot of speakers miss the research piece of this whole process. Mm, Yeah, research is so important. Okay. Um, I think on top of that, research is really important and really helps make your prospecting or uh, discovery calls much more profound. Because when you can talk about trends in the market in a way that really touches on pain points and solutions, it makes it really powerful. Um, Great stuff. Okay. So let's talk about, we kind of dropped some hints around this. There's cold leads and then there's warm leads. And each one are such completely different categories. Let's talk a little bit about the rules or the, the, the game of warm versus cold. Yeah. So warm is an interesting one because you don't want to be like, oh, let's go after everybody I know and say, hey, do you know somebody who's hiring speakers? Okay, that's one piece of the puzzle, kind of. Mm-hmm. But if somebody has said, oh, my gosh, I work at this company and we're struggling with this, or, oh my gosh, this is one of the things that we're going to, those are those things to be listening to. If you had said to me at a, you know, let's, so let's take the weekend. If we had met at a winery or something, surprise, surprise, that's where Rick usually meets all these people. And they said, Hey, I actually do this, or I'm going to this conference. I'm like, I would be like, Hey, I'd love to chat with you. Let's not interrupt, you know, our, our enjoyment right today. Sometimes I do. Some people are really fascinated by the kind of work and stuff that I do. We'll have a little bit of conversation, but I can't tell you how many people said, Hey, can we have a conversation this coming week about that? Sometimes it's about mm-hmm. joining the speaker lab. Other times it's about, hey, what? how did you get into speaking? Here's the thing. Those people 
are really good, warm leads, so to speak, because they may know somebody. Once I've talked to people, they may say, oh, I work for this company or, or my you know, son-in-law or my, you know, whomever in their circle is such and so. Then that's when I'm like, how could I help them or how could I get put in touch with them without go? Well, can I meet them? Can I? You kind of have to figure that out because we all have warm networks. We just sometimes don't realize that. One of the things I've said over and over and over again is a simplest way is to announce on some of your social media. Hey, this is something new that I'm doing. You're not mm-hmm. asking for everybody to sign you up, which is completely different than, okay, here's 400 leads that the speaker lab just handed me and I don't know anybody on that list, I may recognize some of those companies. Oh my gosh, these are going to be leads you have to go work and create the relationships with. But even then, Mary Alice, what I see a lot of our amazing students in this group do is they get the list and they just, okay, let's just start blasting. Mm -mm. Take the list and really look at it. Do you know this company? Do you know through your own network, anybody that might work for that company, or maybe they have in the past, what does this company do? Is it a true alignment with you? There were people on my list. I'm like, no, I don't have any interest in reaching out to them, but I took the time to figure out the priority of these things because the cold is going to take more time than somewhere where you have a connection. So that's what Mm -hmm. we mean by the warm, warm leads rule and the cold ones take time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the warm, the warm leads are, there's a little bit more pressure there, right? Because like you have a connection. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row before you're reaching out to your best friend's father, who's the CEO of XYZ company. Um, Cold takes time because we don't know those people. And it's just as equally important to appear as a professional, but there is that obligation to be critically prepared with your, mm-hmm. your warm and your cold leads, but, right. um, warm leads, you're going to have a quicker turnover because of, you know, the connection. And so Absolutely. you don't want to go in there like, Oh yeah, well, when I get a talk, I'll, you know, I'll let you know, <laughs> you want to be really prepared. Um, I think the other, well, that, the it, other, it protects your reputation and it pre- protects their reputation. If somebody's going to, you know, every time a professor at a university said, Oh, I, I, I know somebody that works at this university. I'd be glad to connect you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that's gold. Number one, that's yeah. absolute gold. But in that moment, I also realize I'm now representing them to the mm-hmm. person they're referring me to. Totally. So I, I want to make sure I'm being completely in my, you know, my best essence with them because that was a favor. That was a huge favor. They didn't have to do that. Right. Okay. Well, some did because it was in their agreement that they have to give me two referrals. But even when <laughs> I, but, but I, even when they do that, that to me is I've got to be on my A game. I don't take yeah. those lightly. In fact, no. there's a um, weekend newscaster on NBC News and he always ends, um, Jose, I can't remember his last name, but he always ends with, Thank you for the privilege of your time. And that mm-hmm. I've, ever since I heard him say it the very first time, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to steal it, but I'm definitely going to adopt it. That every time I get to be in the presence of somebody talking about what I do and quote selling, it's the privilege of their time that I have in that moment. Yeah. And that to me is a big thing. No, it is. It's very important. Reputation, time, it's, it's all really important. So, um, just understanding that difference is really critical. We never want to just take advantage of a referral. We want to really, you know, capitalize on it and respect it. And like you said, you know, 
respect people's time and um, respect people's relationships. It's really important. Also, you know, we won't go too far deep into this, but you never want to just get one speaking gig. You want to be thinking about Mm. duplicating that. And so how you show up the first time is the impression you will make. And so we always want to be on our A A game when it comes to warm and cold leads for sure. Okay. So this one, this one's really cool and it's so important. And when our speakers get this, man, does it change the game? But looking at their business as uh, looking at their speaking as an actual business and not a hobby. What, what's so critical about this step? Well, it's probably the most critical in my mind because when you own the fact that you're a business owner, everything starts to change because now you think more critically about where do I spend my money? How do I make that money work for me over the long haul? Just because you get a speaking gig doesn't mean, oh, cool, I got the deposit check. Let's go spend it. Could be. (laughs) But if you're really (laughs) smart, you'll be like, you don't actually realize, quote, that entire piece of income until you walk off that stage and it's done because you're going to need to feed travel expenses and all these other things, which is an art in and of itself. But do if you're listening to how I'm talking about this, this is how a business owner thinks. This is Mm -hmm. not how a hobbyist thinks. In fact, a business owner realizes that they sell from the space of solving a problem. They don't sell, quote, themselves. And those two kind of go hand in hand. Huge. Everything from your website to realizing that's an expense to demo videos. Those are expenses to the office space. If you have some to the things that you spend money on to run your business, you have to think like a business owner and not like somebody like, oh, I'm going to go do this. Oh, look, I got paid this. That's great. I want you to get paid. But you can't go, okay, wow, that's cool. I got paid. Now we're one and done. It's Mm -hmm. a business. Yeah. So each time you negotiate, you are negotiating like a business owner. And that's something I think is really, it's not in the typical quote, speaker DNA that people like decide they're going to become a speaker. I've seen it with coaches. I'm sure you have too, Mary Alice, because we've both been in this personal development business a long time. But when I worked with some of my coaches, which every once in a while, I still work with coaches who were like, Hey, you've been good at what you do, man. The minute that switch flips to it's a business, everything mm-hmm. changes for the better. So usually. True. I mean, it, it's like, um, it, it's so incredible to see our students who come in and, you know, they're just thinking, well, I'd like to have a little bit more consistency. And then all of a sudden this light bulb goes off that this is actually a business and I'm mm-hmm. selling such transformation and solutions that yep. the impact I'm making is far and wider than I ever even imagined. Those, those students are the ones that we hear from months down the road. And they're like, Oh, I'm crushing it. I've made my money back. I'm, I got a full schedule next year. Because when you think about this as a business, it becomes less about the little nuances of website, demo, reel, talk titles and all of that. But it becomes yep. really big about problem solving impact, um, impact of your audience, but also impact on your life and what this means financially and um, on, on a business that you're building, right? This is this mm-hmm. is more than just getting on a stage. This is an actual right. business um, that that when run well and run from that mindset of this is a business, you'll be getting on stages left and right. So Absolutely. I agree with you. I think it is the most important thing to connect with. Um, it's ironic because just this morning I got a couple of emails. So uh, you know I I have a business on the side of coaching and occasionally speaking. I got two emails. My Zoom account is getting ready to renew in January and my annual acuity scheduling account is getting ready to renew. Actually, I got three. 
these are all business business expenses, folks. Everything mm-hmm. renews in January. And so I did a hard look like, well, do I need these things anymore? And I do. There's no getting around them because I use all those to run my business. But that's mm-hmm. when I go, okay, cool. Let, then do I, what's my business look like for January? Not that I don't have money to cover this, but I looked at it and go, yep, I got plenty of coaching clients going on right now. So we're in good shape. And I know it's a once a year investment that yeah. helps me run my entire business. This is when you start thinking like a business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your web domain, your web maintenance videos, um, prospecting, marketing materials, you know, running your social media. I know you have a podcast and two podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so running all of that, like thinking about all of these things, it's really important that when you put that business owner cap on, you understand that, well, one, they're tax write off. So that that's actually yep. important. <laughs> that's when you know you're a real business owner when you're yep, looking for when tax you think that way. Yep. <laughs> right but um you know thinking thinking long term and and we always here at the speaker lab encourage a three-year out plan for your mm-hmm. business um, and what does what does that actually mean right maybe you start with the lowest setting on zoom or acuity but as your business grows you may have to expand that's totally fine that's totally fine yep. but you have to have these things that support the business. You have to have a domain. You have to have a hosting site. You have to have all of these things. And so mm-hmm. um, it can feel overwhelming and we totally get that. But when you when you approach this as a business, it's, it's less overwhelming and it's more like, okay, strategy, strategy, strategy. Here's the plan. Mm-hmm. Here's the strategy. We're, you know, this is my business. I'm going to respect it as such. And so it is really important to get with that for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So we say this, what, a thousand times a day, this is a relationship building business, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, We have to, I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. We can't say it any more simpler than that. This is a relationship building business. And so um, why is this such an important point to drive home? Well, because, and, and there's so many things that as we were talking about this podcast today, that this one kind of wraps up a whole bunch of stuff. So I may like, here comes the mashup folks. So listen really closely. First of all, <laughs> relationships are what drive business period. I literally in a break this morning ran, had to run to the bank and on the way I'm like, Oh yeah, I was going to talk to my tire guy and see what he would charge me to do some repairs on the car versus my normal mechanic. He was so excited a to see me. He goes, Oh, how's the, you know, how's the car running since that flat you had? Great. Super. He goes, and how's your dog? I mean, he was listing stuff off. I love my other guy. I really love him. Okay. But I walk in, they tell me the quote and everything. And they're not that far off in price, but guess who's going to get the business? My tire guy is going to get the business for this next set of stuff because he was a little bit cheaper. So why not save some money? But there was Mm -hmm. just so much there. And this is something that I think many of us forget. If you're building the relationship, then... When you get the silence or the not now, but maybe in the future from a prospect, you realize, okay, you've started to build that connection and finding the connections, but you can't do the connection building and all this other stuff and be prepared for the no's if you're not realizing it's all about relationship, relationship, relationship. And I just kind of mashed up three points there. Mm-hmm. But too often we get disappointed. I was talking to uh, one of our students just last week and they're like, well, I sent out, you know, 150 emails and I got nothing. I'm like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> keep going. That's right. Because it isn't yeah. just one and done. 
And mm-hmm. if you learn to see it from that perspective, and I talked her through what I just shared with everybody listening, this is not, if it's a not now or, but in the future, okay. And if it's a silence, that doesn't mean they didn't want you. It just means they probably got a lot on their plate. So you got to go find those ways to make the connection and build the relationship. And that's when you realize, okay, this is what it means to be in business. I, don't, mm-hmm. I never, I didn't build my business on one, one, you know, <laughs> inquiry or one little, Hey, let's have a quick little strategy session about my coaching. Yes. I built my business doing those, but I didn't hang everyone I had on those single conversations. I was having at the height of my coaching practice, I was probably having 10 to 20 of those conversations a week. Mm-hmm. And that's how I had a full calendar. Yes. Yeah. Once I had a full calendar, I may not have been doing as many, but I also knew that, Hey, these things are going to go away at a certain time. Every time you get a speaking gig, guess what? It's going to go away as soon as you're off that stage. So you need to be building. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't get that same group. This is where the relationship piece comes in again. If you do a really stellar job for them and you show up and you're easy to work with and you deliver a great. In fact, I had one meeting planner once say to me, what gets me to rebook somebody? Yes, it's that they do a great job on stage. What gets me to rebook them is they made my job easier. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. Yeah. And there's the relationship yeah. piece. Totally. Yeah. You touched on a lot of great things there. I think, I think something that circles back to what we were talking about in the beginning, like um, prospecting and how we, how it needs to be done daily. This is one of the reasons why, because it's a relationship building business. One of the biggest mistakes you could do is take 500 leads, upload all of them into your CRM and send out a mass email. It yep. means you didn't research me. You don't even know mm-hmm. what my website says. You don't even know what my mission of my event is. You don't even know what my pain points or solution, uh, desired solutions are. And so when you seed those very specific things in emails, that's the formation of these relationships. People feel mm-hmm. seen. People feel like, oh, this this is not a spammy mass email. Right. This is actually an email directed towards me specifically. And that changes the game. And so... Um, I, I think that that is such an important point in in the relationship building phase and how you work your prospects. Um, you know, they're never going to become a lead if they feel like they're in some email marketing funnel. That's yeah. just not the way this works. And so that's really well, important to understand. I also feel like if you think about, and I'm going to kind of go through this now a little bit slower than what I just did. If you think about, it's about relationships. So how do I create a connection so that when I have that connection, then I can absorb the no's or the not now's, but in the future, you also learn to develop the thick skin of this is not an overnight success business. So there we did it. Four steps, relationship, connection, embrace what the business is truly about and know when somebody's saying no. Okay, cool. But that doesn't mean uh, don't follow up. In fact, I say this to students all the time. Okay, so mm-hmm. you went through your, you know... Let's just be kind. You went through your first hundred and didn't get anything. How many did you send out? Well, I followed what you said, Rick. I did nine week cycle. Cool. So what should I do now? I said, and out of those hundred, how many did you hear back from? Well, 10. Cool. That means you got 90 prospects still to work. And I want you to turn right back around, give it a month, maybe two months and re re-engage slightly mm-hmm. tweak everything, try to find, I said, and actually I, what I said to this student the other day that we were having this conversation said, okay, so take those 90 that didn't engage 
And I want you to go take those 90. If those 90 are ones that you think, yeah, I want to go after them. I want you to go spend some time and go look, uh, look for them on LinkedIn. Look for their Instagram. Look for, their, look for what's going on in their company. See if they're making any headline news. Maybe they're going through some major, major layoffs. If they're going through major layoffs, mm-hmm. there's probably not a chance they're going to hire. But it could be if they're going through some major layoffs, maybe they do need you and here's how you can help. Did mm-hmm. you do the research? And I can say almost 95% of the time, this, the people in the program said, no, I didn't really do any research on these companies. I'm like, well, then you didn't try to create the relationship and you didn't try to create the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so important. It, it really will help you become the standout. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I think we've made it clear relationships matter. Um, if people say not now, that doesn't mean no, it just means right. you have to continue to build on the relationship. So bottom line, there is no overnight sensations here. Like success takes time. Um, and a lot of patience and faith in what you have to offer really does matter. Um, mm-hmm. you also made a really great point in finding that connection to make the connection, right? So understanding where people are, where companies are, and how you can make the connection that you are the solution, that what you offer is the answer. Um, Talk about keeping your mind in the game. I mean, if if everybody just listened to what we just said, right, in terms of prospects and leads Mm -hmm. and and understanding there's no overnight successes and and the importance of relationship and connection, I I mean, what else is there in terms of keeping their mind in the game? I think there's something we already kind of alluded to. I'm going to say it slightly differently because sometimes you have to hear it different ways. Uh So one of the mind in the game is making sure you're doing the daily power hour and all that and using a process. Uh I could reach out with a spreadsheet and go, okay, I reached out to all of them. Great. But what's the process? I'm going to do 10 a week. Great. So how many is that a day? Okay. I'm going to reach out to two a day or maybe I'm going to do, because I'm, I always reached out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Okay. So I'm going to do three a day. That's not that many. Okay. But you got to do it at the time of day that you're fresh, the time of day that you're like, am I going to do three and I'm just going to go blind? Or did I take this week and say next Tuesday, I'm going to send these three. So today's power hour is going to be focused on these three. I want to try to figure out as much as I can. Guess what? If you're figuring out how, as much as you can, and you know that next Tuesday you're going to send those, you get in everything clear, your mind is in the game and you're working the daily practice. The other thing is do not compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easier said than done. In the back. Do not compare <laughs> yourself to others. <laughs> <laughs> I was very blessed as many people in the speaking business are, but I was very blessed when I first got started to be surrounded by amazing speakers who were rooting for me, pulling for me, encouraging me, guiding me, all these things. And there were days I'm like, yes, but you're doing one of my best buddies in speaking, Mike Domish. <clears throat> Speaks at colleges and universities. I mean, from the time August 1st hits every year till about the end of September and mid-October, he probably does anywhere from low-end 30 to high-end 50 gigs in that time frame. Wow. Wow. How's he doing this? I don't get it. Because he's been working at this, folks, for a good 12 years now. Actually, probably even closer to 15. He has yeah, mastered the art of what he's doing. He's had sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes sure. what can get us out of the game the quickest is looking at somebody else. And I've seen this mm-hmm. happen in our own community. Somebody will see somebody post they got a gig and then somebody, there's always going to be the outlier. And I'm not knocking anybody who says this because you feel your feels, right? Well, yeah. that would be nice. I hope someday I can get to that. That talk right there just took you out of the game. 
Yeah. MYOB. Mind your own mm-hmm. business. <laughs> Literally. Right. And go get Literally. go get on your business and keep it moving. Literally. That's right. Yeah. And this it isn't is to beat you all up. Yeah. No. Yes. But think that about is, your that energy, energy zappers. Zapper. That's huge. Yep. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you're like in, a, in somebody else's business, that that's like there's something going on with you. Oftentimes it's that you're not being um you're not being diligent in your own business and you know mm-hmm. it. And so you're, you're feeling a little guilty or shame or whatever. Um, right. Imposter syndrome is, is something that we talk about all the time here. But Absolutely. if you're, if you're so much in somebody else's business, who's mining yours, right? Mm-hmm. So really important, like celebrate people who are having successes, you know, Absolutely. like really be excited for them because that's your future. It just means that they're just a couple of steps ahead of you. And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. There's millions of people that are ahead of us and there's a million people behind us. And so just mind your business and, and really keep your head in the game. It's so important because energy really matters here. Well, it really does. And sometimes when you are, it's easy to see somebody else and go, okay, cool. But then think about what they're doing. Maybe reach out if you, especially in our own community, reach out and go, Hey, I saw this. I'm so happy for you. I'm just curious. What's one Mm -hmm. tip you would give me, right? Yep. One of the things that happened last week on a call and I've been working and I I love this student I'm working with because such a go-getter, like really trying to make this happen. Little discouraged because gigs aren't coming in quite yet. Got a few but not to the volume that they desired. Mm -hmm. We went a completely different way. I said, okay, let's rethink your whole thing right now. What if you offered a low end product that was only webinar driven? Maybe, and and we did come up to a point where they are like, I think I need to be doing more like quick hit workshops because I think I could get those. I said, okay, think about this. Not that you wanna do this many, but it could be. Mm -hmm. If you're doing one hour webinars, two a day, five days a week and you're getting paid 500 to a thousand versus one $10,000 gig that you're working and working and working and working. And suddenly their face lit up. Like I never thought of that. That mm. is keeping your head in the game too. Thinking yeah. what is the other ways to get there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want a nice 5,000, 7,500, $10,000, $20,000 gig. I'll take them all day long. But you have to find where you can get in the door. And I, one of the things I learned when I was doing this is I could offer a college or university something. Sometimes there was some pushback, but the moment I said, and here's what else I'll do. As soon as I offered the what else I'll do, which was either a, a quick little webinar, which was really all we were doing back then because we didn't have all the Zoom capabilities like we do now. But a quick webinar for their students, you know, residence life forever to come on in two weeks or a recorded thing that I could do about here's something you could do. Or I offer an alternate uh, option on the day that I'm on campus. I'm already there. I might as well make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Get creative. And that's how you keep your mind in the game. There's so many ways to make money in this business. Yeah, so many. So important. Um, okay, we talked a little bit about this, but this is also really important. I think I think a big mistake that some people make is they send out the one email and they, they think that they're done. But mm-hmm. we always say that the number of touches really matter. I mean, it used to be like seven, then it went to 11. Now it's like 14 plus. Yep. Again, that doesn't mean we want you to send 14 emails in a month. 
But there's a variety of different ways that you could do touch points and uh, webinar is one of them, right? Like that yep. warms up your audience. But talk about the number of touches and why that matters. I feel like you can't keep your head in the game. I'm going to go back to that. If you think it's mm-hmm. one and done, it just it doesn't work. Plus, how many of you bought anything of major consequence the first time you encountered it? Very few. Yeah. Maybe timeshares because you feel the pressure of something like that. But did you go buy your brand new car the first time you walked on the lot? Probably not unless you just like <laughs> the other one's dead on the street out there. Got to have something, right? <laughs> you did. I didn't buy my, I didn't, I don't buy my house on first sight on, you know, that I see it there. We go mm-hmm. back and we talk about it, all this sort of stuff. There's very few things that I would say are transactional buys. Okay. Maybe you walk into Nordstrom rack or something, or you go somewhere and buy something. Oh yeah, that looks good. Let's buy. Well, we're not putting quote major investment stuff into this. People are putting investment money into this. So you got to go touch point, touch point, touch point. And it's not just look at me, look at me, look at me. It's add value, add value, add value, solve their problem, solve their problem, solve their problem. Find out what their problem is. What is their problem? Sometimes that's what we're missing is we're, we're pitching ourselves to a problem that doesn't exist for them. Mm-hmm. Some of the best yeah. ways to understand is I'm curious if you're the decision maker and if they say no, Okay. Sometimes that's all you're going to get. <laughs> then you will follow <laughs> up and say, okay, great. I would love to know who is. And I'm going to say, don't push too far beyond that because then you become mm-hmm. annoying. But sometimes you're going to get, no, I'm not, but here, who is great. Guess what? You just move from prospect to prospect a little bit warmer because now mm-hmm. you know who the person is. But as soon as you waltz in the door and say, listen, I am the best thing since sliced bread, bread. and you need <laughs> to hire me you're going to lose that warm thing lead you just got. Yeah. The next yeah. one should be, here's what I see common in. And mine was always, here's what I see common on most college campuses. The most important thing is graduation rates. But what happens when a student isn't engaged because they don't feel like they can be who they are? Do you see the difference in what I'm starting to push here, people? I'm pushing what I know to be true. I didn't once say, here's what Rick can do. I did really quickly because I'm using it as an example. But I'm trying to figure out, is this their thing? I remember when I moved to the college town that I now live in, I met the vice president of student affairs. And I didn't say, hey, hire me. He goes, oh, so-and-so, who's a speaker, introduced you. Are you a speaker? I said, yeah. Oh, really? What do you speak on? I said, well, I'll tell you that in a minute, but what's the biggest problems you have on campus this coming year? Like you just, and mm-hmm. they had, they had had a huge problem on campus. The, they made headline news at this particular college. And he went into it and he goes, and then this is what something else we're challenged by. And this is what we're challenged by. And this is what we're challenged by. I'm like, the whole time, everyone listening, what was Rick doing? I was listening really, really closely. Because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. can I address that issue? Mm, nope. Can I address that? Oh, yeah, I could address that. Oh, can I address that? Yep. Oh, can I address that? Nope. So by the time he got completely done saying, here's our biggest initiatives for the year, I said, those are amazing. You know what? I'm really interested in what you're doing about this one and this one, because I think I could truly support you in the work that I do. Oh, really? How so? Notice I still haven't told him exactly what I did, but I'm starting to listen. And this is when when I talk about the solution selling piece, folks. This is what I'm talking about. The more you can sell the solution that you provide, 
not you. Yes, quote, I am the solution, so to speak. But the solution I'm going to offer to them to fix their problem, the sooner you're going to start getting the buy signals and the sooner you'll start moving that through the selling pipeline and filling your pipeline through the process. You jumped ahead on me. You sneaky little guy, you. <laughs> so, because these Rick, tie so much together, to these touches matter so much. I know. And the thing I just is, you to have to be. You have get confused. Well, here's what's that interesting. Rick was saying, well, just so that you get the number of, of touches via email, and then when you make those connections, and the prospect becomes a lead. Yep. You want to be careful how you navigate that conversation because you just spent yep. all this time warming them up to a lead. You don't want to jump on the call and be like, oh my God, you need me. This is what I talk about. This is why I talk about exactly. it. This is the topic. This is the, that, that's not going to make the sale. Mm-hmm. You want to really inquire about them and their pain points um, because even if you are the best solution since sliced bread, and I'm sure you are, we want to make sure that we're humble in that sales call. And so um, leading with the solution instead of you when you're when you're on that prospecting call is really really important. Um, I think you said it best, Rick. Like ask great questions. Yep. Right. As soon as as soon as the the person says, you know, what do you do? Well, you can get into that all day and talk about it with your eyes closed. But if you ask really good questions, you'll find out what they need, and then you could make that connection to how you could solve the problem. And the reason I kind of ran through some of that is at every touch point, as you think about it, okay, so again, I'm going to go back to our basic quote, three touch point structure to start. If somebody responds at touch point one, I need to be ready to respond in a good way. If they respond Mm -hmm. at touch point two, I have a way I know I'm going to respond. Now, yes, it does depend a little bit on what they say. But here's the one touch point that always gets people, at least it did in my experience, is when you say, hey, Ball's in your court. I don't want to keep bugging you. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you have the information. That was one of the ones that always got me s- some responses, right? Like, hey, yeah. I'm sorry. It's been in my inbox. Great. I understand you're completely busy. Listen to what I say in the response. What's the thing that's got you most busy in your world right now that you could mm-hmm. help use some help with? Again, I didn't say here is what I'm doing. Because if yeah. they're saying I'm super busy and this, and then if I can get them to tell me what they're doing, not like everything. Like, well, I got stuck yeah, cleaning yeah, the Yeah, don't tell me everything. There's one thing. Yeah. I don't one care thing if you got really stuck be. on kitchen duty in your office for the week. That's not my problem. Okay. But if you're like, wow, we have this huge initiative on campus and we're trying to do this and, and we're trying to get recruitment. Okay, well, how can I help them with recruitment? Maybe I can't, but I could. I always could twist my stuff into some way. Wow, once you get all those students recruited, what are you doing to keep them on campus? Do you see how I'm starting mm-hmm. to, because what I'm trying to do is figure out every way that I can help them with recruitment, how I can keep those students on campus by helping students be a hundred percent excited, enthusiastically who they are in the world. Mm-hmm. So that they want to be there and stay there. There yeah. Rick subtly begin to sell his proposition. And mm-hmm. these are the things I think many speakers, we miss this at times. So I'm not saying, okay, you got 21 touch points. Okay. What's the jump off, but you kind of got to be ready to quote tap dance in that moment when they do say yes to the dress, so to speak. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of great stuff here, just to quickly recap, you know, when you're mining and uh, nurturing your leads, um, it's critical that you're consistent. So some sort of daily process and that process has to be intentional, right? It's not just firing away emails. Um, it's, it's research. It's making sure you're in alignment with the specific event corporation, 
or association. Um, and then it's also being really diligent about building these relationships. Um, I think the other thing too, like before you even start prospecting, get really clear on who you are, what your brand mm-hmm. represents and the, the problem that you solve. Um, yep. I think that's going to really help the prospecting process overall. Um, and just for mindset purposes, in order to keep your head in the game, um, consistency really matters. Uh, it's not Mm -hmm. what's happening in this moment. It's what you're building, right? It's like, it's like raising a child, (laughs) you know, all the effort that you put into that child when they're younger, that makes them a really great adult. And so mindset wise, know that this is not an overnight success. This is a process that takes time. So be patient with yourself, tap into our community. If you're a student, that's why we have one of the largest uh, communities of, of speakers who are out there doing it. And so if you're feeling frustration or you're feeling alone, Rick gave great advice, reach out to those people who are like, man, they have so many wins and successes. What are they doing? Tap in and find out. That's why we're here. Um, but this is really important. Understanding prospecting, understanding leads, and understanding that this is your business and it needs to be nurtured on a daily basis is really, really critical. Rick, you're awesome. Thank you so much Thank for your you. insight and you your too. time. Always fun talking to you. Talking shop. <laughs> talking shop. That's what we do. That's what we do. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. We hope that you took something away from this uh, topic. Um, I think the most important thing is be patient. Be patient with the process. All right, everybody. Have an awesome day. Thanks for being here. Here at The Speaker Lab, we pride ourselves on the amazing caliber and diversity of our coaching team. In addition to decades of experience and building a speaking business, each of our coaches has a unique specialty ranging from self-discovery to executive leadership, to spirituality, to marketing, to writing, and more. And so whatever path you want to forge as a speaker, you can find someone with the experience and wisdom to guide you on our coaching team. If you've ever thought about working with our incredible team, it is a great time to take the next step. So I want you to head to The Speaker speakerlab.com slash corner. Again, that is the speakerlab.com slash corner to learn more. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast, our podcast is full of similar coaches, corners, episodes, interviews with incredible professional speakers, and so much more. So I want you to check it out over at the speakerlab.com slash podcast. Finally, got a huge favor to ask of you. I want you to leave us a rating or review for this show. We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can also use to build their speaking careers. And thanks as always for listening and we'll see you next time.